Good afternoon and welcome to another beautiful episode of I Say So Myself with two beautiful gals and I am included in that duo. I am Moya and welcome to How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And you are, ma'am? And I'm Georgia and I am your partner in podcast. <laughs> partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly correct. We have Georgia here. And we are so excited to uh, be with you again. We, um, I think before we get started, Georgia, I want to say a shout out to Ireland of all places. Of course, we're here in the good old U.S. of A. And I got some interesting stats. We are killing it in Ireland, apparently. So shout out to the Irish. Hey, man, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take that love wherever I get it. I, I ain't, look, I ain't, I ain't, I don't discriminate. Look, give me that love. <laughs> we love you, Ireland. Erin Gobra, I visited your country. It is beautiful, and I love the people, too. We love you, Ireland. Keep on catching us. Yes, yes, that's right. Georgia has visited there uh, frequently, and she just says how beautiful it is. And ironically, Georgia, before all this chaos around the world started and with everything, um, a friend of mine, uh, just out of the blue, was like, Let, yeah, let's go to Ireland. You know, and I was like, really? I said, come on. You know, most people say we're going to go to Caribbean or Mexico. I was like, she's like, man, I want to go to Ireland. And I said, well, my other friend um, from work, I said, she's been there a lot, so she can tell us everything. And of course, now everything is so chaotic. But ever, I, is, 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 is it as beautiful or is, or is it more beautiful than what we've seen on TV? Every bit is beautiful, as mm. you see on TV. Mm -hmm. It's lush, it's green, it's got, you know, if you've, when you see The Quiet Man, those oh, houses okay. that mm -hmm. you see that kind of hug, you know, the green hillsides, the sheep, and Dublin is lovely. Uh, and the everything, the pubs, the, the streams that run through it. It is an emerald, and that's mm -hmm. what, uh, it is just absolutely lovely, mm -hmm. and it's just relaxing, it's peaceful, mm -hmm. the people are fun, they're intelligent, they're friendly, I mean, what's not to love about Ireland, and the food is great. Oh, yeah, uh, just some of the food I've seen on TV, well, who doesn't like a potato, you know, and, that, and that's not being stereotypical, come on. Potatoes. One of my favorite dishes, and I don't know if it's native to Ireland, is the Irish potato. So it's like the and I don't like I'm saying, I'm no offense if y'all if y'all don't really eat that. But my granny used to make what she would call Irish potatoes. So it was like mashed potatoes, but it wasn't as creamy. It was a little bit more drier, and she would put parsley in it and maybe some salt, a little bit of butter. But it's not like a mashed potato. It's like a more thicker, firmer potato. And it sounds like it wouldn't taste good. But I, I can't reproduce a Georgia. And she would call it, it's called yeah. Irish potatoes. I don't know. Have you ever, ever heard of that, Irish potatoes? I have. Okay. I have, but I don't think I've ever had it prepared that way. But it makes me, it sounds so yummy. I how, love how to have try you, it. How have you had it prepared? Um... They had something, it, it sounded very similar to that, I mm -hmm. think. Okay. Um, and I just loved, I had, 
potatoes in so many ways. I had it in the stews. I had mm -hmm. it as like side dishes. Irish stew was delicious. Other things that I would have. Mm -hmm. They have the most awesome breakfast too. Mm -hmm. I love their breakfast. Okay. Um, and so it seems like I would have potatoes a lot when I was there. And I always, whatever they did to them, I loved them. I can't <laughs> tell you, but they were just so good. Right, right. And we know there's more to the Ireland than potatoes. But look, man, that's the gift to the world. A potato. You can make it. If you have some potatoes, you can make it. You can make bread out of potatoes. You can do like a million things. with. So don't be ashamed. I, I, it's not a stereotype. Thank God for the Irish and the potatoes and uh, and meat. They do some fabulous things with um, meat. They So any, any country that's down with meat and potatoes, I don't care who or where you are, I am down with you. So thank you, um, Ireland. I think we're the stats we saw were like fourteen and social. So what was it? Social and relationships, and then two hundred and something. And I forgot the other stat. It escapes me. But I was shocked. I was shocked. I don't know what we're saying, Georgia, but we need to keep keep doing it and giving the Irish what they want. So speaking of that, we have a western today, and. You mentioned The Quiet Man, which was, like I said, in Ireland. And so we have one of the stars of, uh, of, the, of the Irish Man, of The Quiet Man, John Wayne. And he is featured in what today's, what is today's movie, Georgia? Stagecoach. Stagecoach. That's right, guys. Woo! We did, say, we did a Western, everybody. Yeehaw! We did a Western starring John Wayne and the one and only My Girl. Uh, kind of like under the radar star, Miss Claire Trevor, who actually got top billing over John Wayne because he wasn't the star or the yes. mega star that we know, the icon that we know today. So this is John Ford's uh, stagecoach, iconic Western. And we're going to get into why that is, about how this made John Wayne a superstar because he had been around forever, not forever, but he had been around a lot. Uh, before he did stagecoach doing those B westerns, right, Georgia? And I, I actually saw one of his first uh, B westerns. You know, that's like the lower level movies, and and it was horrible. He was really young. <laughs> he was young. He had to be in like his really early twenties. He was horrible. The movie was horrible. But you know, you just laugh because you're like, okay, here's John Wayne. You know, before he became the John. What's his first name? Marion. You know, that's his real name. I forget yes. his last name. Marion. Morrison yes. was his real name. Yeah, so yeah. before he became, and of course he never was that. His stage name was always John Wayne. But before he became that icon, but he cut his teeth on those uh, early B-Western movies, right, Georgia? He sure did. But you know what's really interesting about this movie is that John Ford tried to get several Hollywood studios to make the movie, and they all turned him down. Because big budget westerns weren't popular at the right. time, and he, right. insist, he insisted on using John Wayne, and John Wayne was not a big name. No, and so even he even went to David O. Selznick because you know this is around the time that they were doing Gone with the Wind, nineteen thirty nine, right? When the movie came out, and even though he was the original producer, he dropped him, and so he went to another producer called. Walter, Walter Wanger. Yeah. And and he also had reservations about doing a big budget western and using John Wayne in the lead role because he was so unproven. And Ford had not directed since he'd done the silent movie movies. And so um he didn't want to risk all his money unless <laughs> Ford replaced John Wayne with get this. He wanted to use Gary Cooper. Of course. And he wanted to use Marlena Dietrich. Of course. As in the role of Dallas. And so they ended up compromising, and so um, Wanger put up half the money, 
and um, Claire Trevor, who is better known than John Wayne, got top building, billing. But you know what? You know who Ford, who John Ford originally wanted in the role of Dallas? He wanted Catherine Hepburn, and he had okay. A little no side way. note here. He had had an affair of course. with Catherine Hepburn. Of course. Yeah. But so, and anyway, also Joel McRae and Errol Flynn were approached for the role, but they turned down the role of the Ringo kid. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That's how John Wayne ended up. <laughs> he was like the last on a, yeah, last in line. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. In the breakout role. Yeah, it made it. him. It made him. Um, so when I was looking at this, so, you know, before George and I record, we, uh, you know, talk a little bit and, hey, is there anything you want to talk about or blah, blah, blah. And so we started talking about, I said, Georgia, I don't know, because this is my second time looking at Stagecoach. The first time, oh gosh, it's been over a decade ago. And I, full disclosure, I'm not a huge John Wayne fan because it's, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, look, that's the career path he chose. To me, he played the same person every time. And, you know, he did all these Westerns. I love him. Now, the only other role I really love him in is Real Grand. And, of course, when he did uh, uh, not Rooster Cogburn, the, the one before it that they just did the remake, the Western, uh, you know, with him and the little girl and they trying to find her father. True Grit. True Grit, okay? When he played against type, he did very well, okay, in my opinion. But over everything else, even when he did nine Westerns, I just didn't like John Wayne. You know, it's just like like I'm not a Gary Cooper fan. I don't I don't get it. You know, I'm not against them, but I don't get it. But um, in this, and so I, so I said, Georgia, so stagecoach, you know, I was like, Georgia, I think we're going to put this in a make me like it category. And then Georgia, you, cause I was like, you know, I don't get the, I don't get it. What's the bit, but Georgia, you said something pre- very profound. You said that because we have had the luxury of seeing Westerns at their best, you know, that's why this is not really a big deal, but you were right. Up until this point, Westerns had not been showcased like this, right? That's exactly right. Because what you see in this movie was very fresh. The way that they use the ensemble characters. Yes. And the way that you see uh, the role of Dallas. The way you see the outlaw. The way you see the way the doctors portrayed all the way. This was never done before. And so everybody after this followed yeah this is the blueprint copied this and so now we look at it and it looks like a stereotype just now Mm -hmm. but back then this was fresh no you're right this was yeah so that's why you know you look at it now and and to modern audiences they're a little jaded they go right "Eh." right actually if you look at it you can really see the brilliance of the way this right right whole movie was done because there is uh the the script is so good that Ensemble acting is excellent. Uh, you've got a uh, perfectly, I mean, powerful, stunning scenery. You've got amazing action sequences. Right. To this day, I still go, there's there's one action sequence in there that to me is so stunning. And I think everybody right. will recognize it when they see it. They did not have CGI in those days. That right. guy risked his life. He sure did. Just for the sake of getting that on camera. You know, so to me... This movie is amazing in a yeah. lot of different ways. Plus, I have to say, you know, it's just, to me, yeah, everybody looks at it and says, 
you know, it, it's an epic. But to me, it's just a lot of rip-roaring fun. I just, I, it has everything in it. It's got, right. besides being a Western, it's got action, adventure, humor, romance. I mean, it's just got so much in it. Right. I, I just, I think this movie is just, it's on, it must be on your list if I've got to see this movie. Yeah, it should definitely be, so in my opinion, the spaghetti westerns, anything with Clint Eastwood, like you can either start there or you can start with stagecoach. Because to me, those are the bookends uh, of the western um, genre, of great western genre. Like like Georgia uh, said, stagecoach put the westerns on the map. Because westerns before, you know, they started in the silent era. Um, you know, that's one of the first movies, moving pictures are successful as well was the state, the great train robbery, uh, I believe. So, which was, you know, kind of Western caper, like, um, so, but you know, until up until stagecoach, it kind of, they kind of cartoonish. The people were kind of cartoonish and stereotype kind of over the top. So with stagecoach, for those of you who have not seen it and, you know, cause like Georgia said, you know, our modern sensibilities, we're kind of, you know, what's the big deal? But the fleshing out of character. So the first part of the movie, the first act is like the fleshing out of characters and Ford and the writers did such a production crew, did such a masterful job by taking their time and fleshing out each character. They didn't, they spent just enough time on each character and kudos to the actors because they did, they got on, did their part, put their act, their character out there and fell back into the ensemble part of it, which was absolutely yes. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Moya, that is so true because, you know, more than 80 years later, this is still such a huge pleasure to see because they knew it's about the people. Right. And yes, it's the formula. You take people and you have them go through an ordeal together. It's about people under pressure and how their characters will rise to the occasion or sink. Yes. And you have such pro the character development, Moy, I couldn't agree with you more. It is totally on point. Yes. Right. I, I mean, I I enjoyed it. So of course Claire Trevor uh is the female lead. Um she's a prostitute, let's just be honest. But they don't say it, you know, because you couldn't really put it out there like that back then. But because of the masterful writing and the even more masterful acting of Claire Trevor, you get it. You know, she gets run out of town, which is hilarious. That first part with the with them um those harpies running her those battle axes running her out of the top <laughs> town is hilarious. Um, and so shout out to her for that acting. Everybody was just on top. Thomas Mitchell stole the scene, whatever scene he, he was in. Everybody held their own, stole and held their own in their particular scene if it was focused on them. But like you said, they were able to come back in that ensemble and work it back together to for the overarching story, which was was absolutely fabulous. And so the, so the first act, character development, the second part was they actually on the stage coach. Then there's the intensity building up because people, uh, 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 John Wayne's character, the Ringo Kid, he has a beef, a score to settle. He wants revenge, but he's an outlaw and an escapee from prison and all this. Then you find out somebody's going to have a baby. And I mean, and then they go to the, I mean, it's good. And then, so they bring in, now some people may take issue with this. You know, they have some Hispanic people, some Mexican people, and some people might say, oh, it's stereotypes and all this kind of stuff. 
I mean, look, man, you know, if you want, don't look at it. If you're looking at movies to, to point out, you know, this stereotype, blah, 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 you know, then don't look at any movie, especially from back in the day. But it's funny. You know, it was hilarious because yes. even though it's supposed to be the, look, the Mexicans have all the jokes and they, and they let no, the white, the gringos know what's up. And, and, and the Mexicans laughing at the gringos, if you really want to be honest, honest with it, you know, like that. So, you know, don't get, don't be getting your panties in a bunch over that. And then and all Native Americans or the Indians in there and the Indians, you know, this is before the Indians, uh, you know, just got, in my opinion, just got a bad rap and, and, and a lot of later on Westerns, but the Indians were brave. Look, the Indians was, they wasn't playing around in this movie. So, you know, you don't get mad at that. You know, they, they were a threat and they were brave and they weren't playing, you know, because I, had I not seen this movie before I knew what's happened, George, I don't know about you, but I was like, I don't think, I don't think, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I don't think y'all going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Them Indians, those Indians were not playing. <laughs> no, they weren't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were not playing. <laughs> had this not been a movie, hell no. Those people that died, they'd have scalped them. And that'd have been an it. That'd have been an it. Took their guns and horse and that'd have been an it for their ass. So, you know, get out of here. Get those Indians were not playing. <laughs> well, um, you know, one of the things that you notice in this movie, like you said, Moya, they don't mention anything about prostitution. They don't mention anything about pregnancy either. No. Because you can, you know, it's really funny. It's hilarious. Totally skirt these. It, yeah, very much so. It's hilarious. Um, I was going to tell you a little bit about um, John Ford and his... Uh, the way he directs people, you know, there was, you know, even for all his brilliance, there was actually kind of a bad side to him because he bullied his actors and mm -hmm. he uh, was constantly undermining John Wayne and he called him a big oaf and he called him a dumb bastard <laughs> and he criticized the way he delivered his lines and the way he walked into that iconic John Wayne walk. Yeah. I actually imitated. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Claire Trevor was talking about the movie after it was made, and she said that John Ford actually grabbed John Wayne by the chin, and he shook him and told him not to move his mouth so much, but to act using his eyes. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, so Ford gave John Wayne a lot of expressive reaction scenes throughout the movie. And so he really does him a favor. And then there's that iconic that zoom yeah. close-up mm -hmm. is so dramatic. And right. you know, when you the minute you see the way that's done with him, that this is the key figure you're going to be watching throughout this movie. But, you know, Wayne, when you see him, I, had, I didn't realize this because he has such a physical grace to him that I didn't realize he, he had. He was a gorgeous also, man. When he was young, he was he gorgeous. And also show, he showed such tenderness. Yes. In his scenes, and I thought... What? Yeah. You know, because before this, I kind of thought of him as kind of one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised. And, you know, John Wayne was only 32 when he made this movie. Oh, okay. And he and he was he was only paid, uh, it was, uh, I think, 30, yeah, he got a grand total of $3,700 wow. for making this movie. Pennies, yeah, everybody pennies. else made more money than him. Even the guy who played Lieutenant Blanchard mm -hmm. made more money than him. Wow. 
That's that's fast. I didn't know he was thirty two. He, he he looked younger than me. I know you know. I I gave him like he in did. his late twenties or something. John Wayne was a very handsome. Man, everybody went crazy over Gary Cooper, but John Wayne was really, really good looking. And, you know, prior to him start drinking in Hollywood and, you know, that that takes a toll on you. But he was a very good looking um, fellow. And, well, him and John Ford became the best of friends, which is hilarious. Uh, and they did so many movies. He did all his better, best performances with John Ford. Yeah, he, but he knew how to bring out uh, great acting. Right, he he really did, but 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 he also did the same thing with poor Andy Devine. He said, <laughs> "Why do I have you, you big dumb oaf?" You know, and he said, "Because you couldn't get Ward Bond because you there wasn't enough time to teach Ward Ward Bond, and he doesn't know how to drive like a six horse, oh, you know, wagon. He didn't okay. know how to do that because okay. he's actually Andy Devine is actually doing this in the movie. Okay, you know? wow. So, and I love that wow. Andy Devine. He's got that kind of like squeaky rat. Yes, yes. His voice is unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. Like a Disney <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really like about this movie is the way, um, it, just like you said, Moya, the character study in it. Because like, you know, the, he takes the lowest characters in this movie and he elevates them. And he, they're the ones at the end that end up having, to me, the most integrity. And um, and so the people that are like the social outcasts, they're the ones who save the day. Right. So this movie has, has to say a lot about, you know, social class yes. and yes. tolerance and mm -hmm. acceptance. Because yes. you see during the, uh, as this movie unfolds, you see how the characters all right. change and react uh, yes. to this so this is a lovely right. uh way of uh showing people who like you know otherwise would have been treated just would have just stayed the same stereotypes and they wouldn't they wouldn't have progressed in the movie so yeah it was kind of progressive that way and there's a lot of hypocrisy that comes uh comes to fruition when people are revealed to not be who they portend to be that they are <laughs> they they uh they look their no look down their noses at certain people, but you will see towards the end of the movie that they get busted being a fraud, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, and and yeah, you're right. And and I, one of the scenes where you say uh, that that uh, John Wayne was tender, where I don't want to give it. People are shunning Claire Trevor. At, at at the dinner table and you know John Wayne he kind of plays it as if you don't know if he really means it or he's trying to protect Claire Trevor as if he's saying oh hey it's not you it's me so and he plays it so well that you're not sure if he's really means that or is he try just trying to shield and I think he really might meant hey they shunning me because I'm an outlaw um but at, but when he does it at, at first you're not sure if he's trying to just protect her or whatever um, and, and, the, 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 uh, the sexual in intensity between sexual tension between his character and, uh, Ringo and Dallas, his and Claire Trevor's, it is so sweet and pure without being sappy and unrealistic, you know? Yeah. And so, cause you know, sometimes you can overdo it and it's like, oh, get out of here. You're making me sick. You're giving me diabetes. But it was, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely, I, I, I believe it was believable and I enjoyed it without, and then it could be vulgar, you know, sometimes it can be vulgar, but, um, yeah, stagecoach, I get it. So guys, so then like the fourth act, 
Well, well, let's just say still when they're on the stage coach. So when they get on stage coach, obviously, and the Indians come, that's when all of action is. Because, man, Georgia, you said those stunts. I mean, like I said, today those stunts, they do them all the time. But I'm surprised nobody was killed doing these damn stunts with them jumping on those horses. and I mean, that was crazy. That was insane. Well, I'm, I'm an animal lover and i hate to say this but uh there were horses that there were killed during the oh yeah yeah back then yeah they would they would just yeah yeah it wasn't no big deal they stopped uh right doing things like that just to get you know and john ford was nuts yeah he killed he killed and i think moving forward it was him or michael curtis i don't want to put that on john ford i know michael curtis one movie he some people died uh he was trying to get so much action and stunts you know so i don't want to put that on john ford but that the stunts, I mean, to this day, they are breathtaking with the, the stagecoach where they're being chased by the Indians. I mean, that's where the action is. And and once you come down off of that, and uh and I yeah, I did spoiler, I did say <laughs> that they did survive it. And I mean, that's you know, it is Hollywood. You, you back in those days, you know, not too much was gonna happen. You know, tragic, the the hero was not gonna die, you know. But um but that's not the end of the movie. It will seem like that's the end of the movie. But no, then the movie goes on to what the fourth act, where they land in the town. And just so once John Ford bring, you know, he calms you down after the chase, the Indian chase, you got to get right back up because the Ringo kid is out for revenge. Right, Georgia? Oh, is he ever? It's so <laughs> He good. will not be swayed. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. And Georgia, that left me in a moral dilemma because look, it's the wild, wild west out here in these United States streets, okay? And the great state of Texas, beginning of September 1st, and this is not a, a pro-gun or anti-gun, uh, you know, hey, it's open carry, all right? So yeah. you don't need a license or anything. So, you know, the governor, whether you agree with it or not, he's like, go for what you know. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the criminals got their guns. Why shouldn't you have one too? So, you know, this is, again, it's not a pro-gun or anti-gun. It's just, it is what it is. But, you know, we back to the Wild Wild West. And so Georgia left me with a dilemma. I'm like, oh, you know, the Bible says, vengeance is mine. Thus said the Lord, thou shalt yeah. not murder, not kill, thou shalt not murder. It's a difference. And so I'm like, man, would I have stopped if I'd have been Curly, the, the uh, sheriff or whatever he was, the law enforcement, would I have stopped John Wayne? Or, you know, I, I don't know because what happened was, I'm not going to try to give too much away. Look, this some thug had killed his mom and his brother in like cold blood. So what are you supposed to do with that? You're supposed to just wait for justice. And see, justice ain't like it. Well, justice ain't really hitting on too much right now. You know, that's a whole other topic. But you're just supposed to sit there and wait. If justice was going to do anything, the guy, Luke, he was walking around, playing cards in, a, in the club, drinking it up, living up, having his woman with him. What you supposed to do with that, Georgia? Now, Georgia, tell me, what are you supposed to do with that? Especially if you're a man. If you're a, if I was a woman, I'm, I am a woman, but I'm just saying back then, I'm just saying as a man, as a human being, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, Maria, that is such an interesting dilemma that you just posed to me. And, you know, had I, well, since I'm not John Wayne, you know, I was, would I, my choice, the only other choice I can think of was let 
Sheriff Curley take uh, the law into his hands. And, uh, but because he knew that, uh, that Luke was there, uh, the one that killed his father and brother, he knew he was there. And I would have said, Sheriff, you do your job. That's what I would have done. Mm -hmm. I would have said, but I know the sheriff was like, it would have been three against one because there was Luke and his two brothers. So mm -hmm. I, you know, the sheriff would have needed help, but that's just my just kind of taking no. it out a little bit further. But no, I mean, but that's what I, I think that that's the way I would have seen it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's fair. That's what I was asking you. Is uh, but I'm saying like, are we putting our 21st century mind in it? Because <clears throat> I don't know. If Curly was a sheriff. Was he the Was he the sheriff of that town? I, I can't. I, I don't know. But anyway, whoever was in law enforcement, everybody knew that Luke. And his brothers were thugs and they were terrorizing the neighborhood, but nobody did anything. They were terrified of this guy. So John Wayne was in it to win it. He broke out of jail. He out for revenge. You know, he had just saved the stagecoach and all this kind of stuff. So he blows into town. And I'm not going to tell you what happened at the end, guys. But, you know, I, I just left me in a dilemma because right now we have such a huge crime wave going on in this country and we look to the justice system to help us, but we also have this underlying problem. The police will catch him. It's like catch and release. And I'm not being political. Yes. I ain't even talking about what's going on on the southern border of Texas. I'm not even talking about that. I ain't talking about people here in the city who are who may or may not, let's say they're all sitting citizens. Let's just assume they're citizens. They're here legally. I am talking about catch and release where the police will catch him. But they are out the same day, on uh, uh, yes. with, with frivolous bonds or no bond, I mean, or, or low bonds or frivolous bonds. So what? And the person comes back in the neighborhood. What the hell are you supposed to do about that? And and that's such a moral dilemma. That is such a yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I would not sit up here and advocate for violence or vigilantism. But what's the old joke Chris Rock said? I'm not saying it's right. But I understand. <laughs> if you do what you gotta yeah. do, I hope to God I ain't got no parts of it. But I'm not saying it's right. But I understand, man. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit up here and say, "Oh, you shouldn't." I'm now, I'm never gonna say that, Georgia. You shouldn't know what happened to people. I'm not saying that because it, it didn't happen to me. That's not my people, and that's your feelings. You're entitled to them. But yeah, it kind of left me with a moral dilemma. Damn, you know, this dude is he right or is he wrong? And I, you know, I leave it up to you, audience, in my last words before we get out of here. I leave it up to you. What would you have done if you were John and John Wayne's the Ringo Kids uh, booth? You know, and that's my final word, Georgia. I'm going to leave it up to you, the last word. Okay, I just had a little bit of trivia to throw in. It's kind of fun about this movie. Um, <laughs> the rifle that John Wayne uses in this movie is the very same one that was later used by Chuck Connors, Lucas McCain, wow. in the TV series, The Rifleman. Wow. I know, that just blew my mind. That's the very same rifle. But I have to tell you something else. That this, this really cracked me up. Okay, so there's a character in the movie. Uh, it's the very prim and proper Mrs. Mallory, played by Louise Platt. Mm -hmm. Okay, she was 24 at the time she made this movie. Well, she was not quite as prim and proper off camera. This woman was not approved. Here Georgia goes with the tea. All right, spill it. Let's hear it, honey. Sing it, sister. She, 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she was gazing at John Wayne on the set, and she turns to Claire Trevor, and she says, I think he has the most beautiful buttocks I have ever seen. (laughs) He was a big, (laughs) fine man. That was a fine man. He was. (laughs) He was was was. gorgeous. And I have to also say, the iconic setting for this movie, it was filmed in Monument Valley Mm -hmm. on the Utah-Arizona border. Mm -hmm. I was there just a few months ago, and it really is. It oh, is boy. to see those towering rock formations like that, mm-hmm. to know that it's been like that for centuries and and ages to see it like that. And I, I kept seeing this movie in my mind's eye when I was yeah. driving through here going, oh my gosh, yes. what it took to film out there. Because yes, yes, yes. It, Westerns it hadn't been shot like that before. Mm-hmm. It's primitive, it's beautiful, yes, and so many other, he used that location again and again. Yeah, landscape became became another character for John Ford. That's what he was known for. The landscape was another part of the story, another character. Georgia, are you you ever going to get, can you share with the audience some of your pictures from from your trip? We would love to see that. And guys, you can I, see. I think I might be able to. Yeah, you can see some of the me out there in the wild west, the wilderness out there, and uh, right the, the canyons. Out yeah, there. we want to see some of that. Those rock formations. Yeah, I the think I, can, I might be able to do that. Okay. Yeah, we um and guys, you can see those pictures if Georgia uh decides to share them with us or post them on our Facebook page. How Betty Davis saved my life. Please uh. Like our page, we're on Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, we're on YouTube as well. We have some videos there. Please share, like, and subscribe. And we're also on all major listening platforms. So yeah, George, you got any more tea for us? Uh, the last thing is the character who played uh, Dr. Boone. Yes. <laughs> he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Oh. And that was quite an achievement because... 1939, you know, that's the big year. Then right. Gone with the Wind, yes. Wizard of Oz, yes. all these big movies. And he was in several movies, and yes. he did such an amazing job as an actor. You'll recognize him in other Yeah, roles. Thomas Mitchell. Uh, but he won, and he totally deserved getting the Best Supporting Actor yes. for, his room, for his role as Dr. He Boone. stole a show. Every scene, he stole a scene. Yeah, Thomas Mitchell, and he was the dad in um, Gone with the Wind. See, I thought he won it for Gone with the Wind, but you say he won it that year for Stagecoach? Or he won two. Yes. Okay, he won it for stagecoach. Okay. Stagecoach. Stagecoach. Yes, and he. Yes, you're right. He plays Scarlett O'Hara's dad. You're Mm -hmm. right. And he does a brilliant job. He still. Well, he's a brilliant actor. Whatever he's in, he didn't do a. Well, to my knowledge, I don't know a lot of movies that he did. But whenever I saw him in movies, he was brilliant. Really unsung uh, character actor of Hollywood. Um, Georgia, kudos. That was really good trivia, man. We, I, I, I don't, I, I love Georgia's research. She goes and get the juice. Forget all, all the production was this much and this that. She's like, now look, this was who, this was who was, uh, was a, was a tramp, and this was was sleeping with this one. <laughs> she tells us the stuff we really want to know. Like this sleeping with this one was sleeping with that one, and this is how this person got the slept her way to get the part. I love it. You know, that's what we really want to know. That's what we, that's what we really want to know. Um, but yeah, well, Georgia stagecoach guys, please take a look at it or look at it again. I know you've probably seen it a million times and look at it again and kind of see the, some of the perspectives that Georgia and I were talking about the social issues and the moral issues that 
are in there. Um, I'm pretty sure y'all thought about them before, but if you haven't, you know, just looked at it for the Western, uh, Western uh, attributes of it. You know, take take another look at it, man. Cause it's Stagecoach is a deep movie. It's just not a western. It is a very deep movie. If you really sit down and look at it and and absorb each character and take apart, very good. Shout out to Joan Carradine, uh, David, and um. Oh, I can't remember the other um. Was it John Carradine Jr. with well, the Carradine brothers? His their dad. It was John. You're right, Moya. Yeah. It was John Carradine. Yeah, you're exactly right. Shout out to him and um my guy who was in every freaking movies from the 30s to like the uh, mid 40s. Played Mr. Peacock. I can't think of his name right now. Donald Meeks. Donald Meeks. I love Donald him. Meeks. He is. Yes. He could play like that character, like he played. Uh, but when he plays a villain, he is one of the most un underrated villains. Because when he plays a lech, he is horrible. So, shout out to that performance as well. Well, Georgia, I'm 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 done. Is there anything else you got for our audience? No, that should be a wrap. Okay. Uh, we sure enjoyed visiting with you. Yes, we love you, listeners. Yes, and we appreciate you. And so, let us know how you like us on Facebook. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, yes. Thank you for all your support. Shout out to Silver Screen, Oasis, and um, oh gosh, I know uh, uh <laughs> the Joan Crawford fan base, uh, fan site where we're with loving Joan, Joan Crawford. I know I'm not saying it right. Um, another one, I, I'm gonna get them all and write them down because I'm trying to do it off the top of my head and I can't, but thank you for all the support. Um, the Robert Donat. Constance and Joan Bennett uh, uh, pages. Oh my gosh, Myrna Loy and um, the guy you love, William Powell. So shout out to all you guys. Thank you for y'all support. Um, we all need to get together at some point and do our own little film festival. So we'll, we maybe we'll work on that. But anyway, thanks again, you guys. For How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And you guys have a great, great, great rest of your week. And we will see you on the next time. Take care.